Welcome back to the Two Man Wall Podcast. This is the last episode of our off-season State of the Club mini-podcast series. And last but not least, well, maybe least, arguably least, (laughs) is Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham had a difficult season, to say the least. They went through a manager and a caretaker. they had some ups, had some downs. Ups were usually short-lived for this season for Tottenham Hotspur. A very, very, very statement-like uh, off-season with some really big signings. A lot of very knowledgeable people said that Tottenham Hotspur were going to have a renaissance season. And that is quite the opposite of what happened, unfortunately, for the Spurs. Without further ado, let's get into it by the numbers. In the Premier League, they finished 8th. In the Champions League, they got knocked out by AC Milan, a semi-finalist, might I say. Mm. Um, In the FA Cup, they lost to Sheffield United in the 5th round, the round of 16. In the League Cup, they lost to Nottingham Forest in the 3rd round, the first round that they were eligible Mm. for. Um... This is a very concerning year for Tottenham Hotspur. That's all I really have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was an odd year. It started off just as people, just as how they had ended the previous season, where there was a clear identity in how they played, where they didn't really need possession of the ball. They just sat back, played you know strong mm-hmm. defense, and then. On the counterattack, they had Son, Kane, Kulisevsky, yeah. and they were ruthless. And that was Conte's style of play. It's what got them top four. And, you know, they strengthened their squad, and it seemed like that's what would propel mm-hmm. them, you know, to improve and, you know, maintain that top four position. And then somewhere along the, w- along the way, kind of inexplicably, they just lost their identity. Yeah. All of a sudden... Games were just complete and other chaos where they were just defending loosely where, you know, it was like four, three games that were just completely out of control Mm -hmm. and you had no idea what you were going to get from Spurs in any given week. Son ended up having a bit of an offseason, 10 goals, which isn't bad, but for For human son, but for son who previous season won the golden boot. An offseason, Kulisevsky didn't seem like himself. It was really just Kane, yeah. you know, scoring all the goals. They're also missing Bentoncourt for pretty much half the season, yeah. who was one of the best midfielders. Was, yeah, probably their best midfielder for a decent amount of time. He was the only other person scoring goals yeah. besides Kane um, in, you know, the November, December range. So just an odd year where inexplicably things just hit the fan yeah. for them. Um, their signings didn't. Most of them didn't work out. Perisic was all right. Uh-huh. He had you know just a bit of dynamism to the team yeah. where you know they had better crossing from uh-huh. the flanks. Uh, but Jed Spence, who seemed like a really exciting player yeah. and still could be, obviously he's very young, but yeah. didn't really they, get they, any they minutes. Fucked him up. He's he's like I thought he was gonna be all that. Like I thought he's, he was so good against Arsenal in FA Cup. Like yeah. what happened? Well, it was when we play Forest away. All of them play like. <laughs> Ballon d'Or winners. I don't know what it is about that, but um, Basuma, another like probably the only um, 
Well, I shouldn't say only brain player who has left brain hasn't done great things. It's also Kukurea. Yeah. Um, but seem, but it seemed like a fantastic signing. Yeah. Like he was, you know, one of the best defensive midfielders in the yeah. league. They yeah, got him for thirty million, which seemed at the time pretty reasonable. Yeah. And then, yeah, did nothing. And then, of course, for Charleston, you know, <laughs> the numbers spoke for itself. <laughs> um. But yeah, just a season where everything wrong. You get a caretaker manager get fired. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's that's bad. That six one loss to Newcastle was hilarious. Yeah, but hilariously concerning. Um. Yeah, there's not there's not too much else to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a really really poor season. I mean, you look at this team. Son is good. Hoy Beer is good. Bentoncourt is good. Kulusevski is good. Paris is just good. Like that's that's a that's a decent core, you know, and that should be keeping you around the Europa League range. I, I'm gonna relieve Kane out of it because that's a question mark right now. Mm. Um, if they lose Kane, they'll obviously be frantically looking for a replacement. Um, well, to do it for Charleston, mm. but um, they'll be looking to use that money to replace him in the aggregate. I should say, yeah. Uh, but. It's the way they played. They now they have that they signed this manager whose name I'm not even gonna bother pr- trying to pronounce like Antegalu. Right? I think it's Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, I see <laughs> the difference between what I said and what you said. Um, that's just like not proven whatsoever, and you're basically rolling the dice. We could work out very well and just tie this team together in beautiful ways, but he could also not. And he could be gone by Christmas. And if he's gone by Christmas with the team that you're going to start this year with, now you, you're probably sitting ninth at, at Boxing Day. Like, not only that, but every team around you is getting stronger. And every single team around you is getting stronger. Liverpool, Chelsea. Chelsea had a worse year than you. And nobody is saying that you are better than Chelsea. Because yeah. they, they are going, at least their squad, they are like mm-hmm. actively trying to just like physically buy their way yeah. out of this rut they're in. You are not trying to do that. Your your season was arguably more concerning than Chelsea's because they threw it away way earlier than you did as a Spurs fan. Um, United's getting better. Arsenal's certainly getting better. City is going to beat your ass. Actually, no, they're not. City's not going to beat your ass. Yeah. There's one team that you can definitely beat, regardless of humans mm-hmm. playing in your jersey, it is Manchester City. So I wouldn't worry about them too much. For one fixture a year, they're not going to beat your ass. Um... Newcastle arguably took your spot in the top six. Like they are getting, they are, and like literally butchered you in a game of football. Mm-hmm. Like this is just concerning, is the perfect way to put it because it's not like you're not dead. You have money, you have a beautiful stadium, you have good players, you have, you know, at least a the core of a big six football program. But it's concerning because you are trending so far in the wrong direction that, and there's no real signs of you slowing down because you're, what are you going to do? Trust your transfer window. Your last transfer window, you spent big and not even one of those players played well. Like I thought every single one of those players was going to play well. I thought Paris was a good sign. Actually, no, I didn't. Paris was the one I thought was bad signing because he was really, I didn't think Paris was a good sign. He turned out better. Yeah, I thought Paris was probably the best one. Yeah. Um, Longley was dog shit. Longley. We knew. <laughs> um, Basuma. Praise is one of the better signs in the window. Dog shit. Richarlison, spent for him. Dog shit. Like, Jed Spence, shipped off to God knows what club he went to. Like, 
Steve Levy. Didn't say Daniel Levy this time. Oh. It is Daniel Levy. <laughs> Where are you getting Steve from? He's an analyst at ESPN. <laughs> just one, just one day. Over. I lost my train of thought. What was I even going with that? I don't know. Oh, Daniel Levy. Daniel, Daniel Levy. Levy. So Daniel Levy. It was the confidence with <laughs> which you said Steve <laughs> Levy. <laughs> Uh, I'll never get it right. I'll like pause for five seconds and think about it. Steve Levy is like not even a prominent ESPN person. He's just one of them. And I still can't get over it. Okay. Daniel Levy mm-hmm. sucks at his job. That's where you're going with it. Steve Levy is a fantastic journalist. Daniel Levy sucks. If they swap positions, they're probably better off. But anyway. I don't know how you can trust this front office right now as a Spurs fan, because literally every single signing since Youngman's son has been bad. So Kulishevsky's been good, but like every single signing has been average or bad. And Dombelli was trash. Like that, and that was your marquee signing of the last three years. Like that's what's concerning is that like not only have you trended downwards in the last two years, certainly this year, it's ramped up this year, but you have no track record of being able to turn around with signings and your manager that got you to this big six point Mauricio Pochettino has been long gone and you haven't had a great manager since Nunez uh Nuno Spirito Santo was you know mm-hmm. a disaster um Mourinho certainly was definitely one of the managers of <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur's history um yeah it's and then not to mention that you have this trophy curse lying over your head it's like yeah. All bad news bears at Tottenham Hotspur. Let's get to some season grades. Yeah, so I have D+. Plus. Yeah. Um, not going to give him an F um, because it just didn't... This season didn't constitute just complete and other failure because it wasn't terrible for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it started out pretty well, and they were, they were in the top four race for a decent chunk of time. Yeah. They finished eighth. I think people forget that they were hovering around you know, fifth, even fourth at times yeah. for a good chunk of the season. So it wasn't completely hot shit. It yeah. just was mostly hot <laughs> shit. So I'm going to give him a D plus, just very poor, but not just complete and other catastrophe. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a D. Because I think, I think D is perfect because D is right, like, the worst fathomable season. F is like unfathomably bad season. Mm-hmm. Like you, when you said F for Chelsea, like nobody thought yeah. this team was finishing. Mm-hmm. Even like when they were tenth, nobody thought they were finishing twelfth, yeah. and then they finished twelfth. Like it just got so unfathomably bad with mm-hmm. every game that like you couldn't imagine it got worse. You thought it was rock bottom, mm-hmm. and it kept getting worse. That's an yeah. F. Like big six teams finish yeah. outside like the big six. It's like a that's really a, disappointing seasons, but it happens. It's fathomable. Yeah, but finishing twelfth. Yeah, like that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's why this is a D, because mm-hmm. it's, like, the worst fathomable season. And I think that's fair. Like, okay, like, I'm a Spurs fan. Okay, if everything goes to shit, maybe you finish 7th or 8th. That's what happened. Yeah. Everything went to shit, mm-hmm. and you finished 7th and 8th. You lost your manager twice. Um, nobody scored but Harry Kane. I mean, the worst fathomable thing that could happen is you lose Harry Kane, and that's probably going to happen. So, like, it's going to get way worse. But, yeah, this was... 
again, bottom of their range. Top of their range was probably second. Bottom of their range, eighth. And this was damn near the bottom of their range. Um, and honestly, I don't even know how they came eighth. Because when you look at this team on paper, nobody did anything but one player. And I've never seen that work before for a football team. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really didn't work, but like mm. it kind of did. Because eighth in the grand scheme of things is like not mm. bad. Like West Ham would take eighth, you know. If Kane was injured for a month, no, they just, they're been. like Chelsea, yeah. yeah. Um, like we said that before, like the difference between Chelsea and Spurs is Kane. <laughs> if they if Kane flipped teams for thirty eight yeah. games, like Chelsea finished eighth and Spurs finished twelve, like mm. that's pretty much yeah. Difference. One had Kai Havertz and one had Kerry Kane. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, this is this is a pretty nail on D for me. Um, but fucking, where do we go from here? You know, and I and I wrote down kind of like a nice yeah. conversation starter for the uh, spoiler. Alert, this segment is all about Kane. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, that's pretty much it. Determines your what happens in your transfer window. Yeah. So there's two things that could happen for Spurs mm-hmm. this summer. Number one is that Kane stays. Somehow, some way, his delusional loyalty keeps him at this club for yet another season. It gives Spurs basically one last saving grace chance to keep Harry Kane at their club before you lose him in the summer. And now it's even more high stakes because you're basically throwing away 70 plus million to mm-hmm. have that season. You're paying yeah. 70 million for the season, mm-hmm. more or less. You have that last season. If he talks to Daniel Levy, says, this is my club, I'm seeing out my contract, and we'll reassess next summer. I don't want to go to Bayern Munich, for whatever reason. Um, That means one thing. You have to spend big, and you have to make marquee signings. You have to fill the holes, especially along the defensive line, Mm -hmm. because that is shambolic. Like, Ben Davies, Eric Dyer, and Clamon Longley cannot well, be your best. Christian player. Romero. <laughs> oh, Romero, sure. But he was injured for a while. But yeah, Christian Romero. Christian Romero's good. But none of those guys should be in the back line, let alone two of the three. Uh, Davison Sanchez, by the way, is worse than, the, than mm. Davies. I think Davison Sanchez is on his way out. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Anyway, and Joe Roden, obviously, we're not going to talk about him. Um, this becomes the most important transfer window in the history of Tottenham Hotspur. If Kane decides to stay, because you have one last chance to prove to him that you are ambitious and you are trending back in the right direction. That means you have to go for big names, a lot of which have already signed contracts, so I would get started elsewhere. Mm. Or Kane could leave. And if Kane leaves, as the as we say in America, Hank for the first overall pick. Rebuild. You're gonna want you have to sacrifice a season or two. To buy young, clear the deadwood, get Loris out of there, get all get Loris is already out yeah, there. I'm sure he's out of there. Uh, but get all like get a young goalkeeper, a young striker. Um, get you can get Son out of there. It really doesn't matter. By the time he's by the time you guys are relevant again, like what is he gonna be? 31, 32? He's already thirty. Yeah, like twenty nine. Like if you sell Saint Human Son to like fucking don't sell him in league, but like mm-hmm. you get him out of here next summer, summer or something like that. Like, you probably get 80 mil for him right now. 70 mil, at least. Like, you got to tank. And I know that it's not, not, not tank, obviously, but, like, you have to buy young and start young and develop young. That's the only way to catapult yourself to the top. Because with how good the Premier League is now, Tottenham Hotspur 
and the way this front office has proven themselves to be, you are not going to buy your way to the top. You're just not. Especially with how much competition there is. If you only had to compete with, you know, fucking Jesus, De Bruyne City in 2019 and Salah Van Dyke, Liverpool, like it was a couple years ago, then maybe, like they were before, they consistently finished top four. Now you have to deal with Bruno Fernandez uh, and Lissandro Martinez and now Onana fucking Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Now you have to deal with a Chelsea team that could snap at any time. Now they got Nkunku. Like, an Arsenal team that is incredibly impressive. A Liverpool team that showed signs of greatness last season. A Newcastle team that is a great team with the richest owners ever that will outspend you every single summer for the rest of your eternity. Like, you have to rebuild. You can't, you're never going to out buy your way back into the title race. You have to rebuild. And that's going to be tough to swallow for Spurs fans. Or, can can resign, and now you have enough firepower to maybe buy your way back because you have that prime piece. My guess is that the latter happens, but they don't rebuild. And they continue to try to buy their way up, and it doesn't work out for them for many, many seasons. That's my prediction. My prediction is doom and gloom. Is that they sell Kane? They, I, not that they sell Kane, that Kane doesn't want to stay. Mm. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, it's everything speculation, because yeah. he never talks about this to the mm. public. Um, but, like... Didn't mention anything in the Hot Ones interview. <laughs> Did you watch the hot one? I did. That was the worst interview I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> I forgot. I was so excited going into it. Side note, because this is a very serious part of the podcast. Yeah. Talking about the hist, like the <laughs> potential downfall of Spurs. But I really got to talk. About it. Like I, I don't know why I was so excited for an interview with Harry Kane. That was the driest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> I was like, even Sean Evans, who was. Like, one of my favorite interviewers mm-hmm. ever. I fucking love Sean Evans. Yeah. He's the greatest. Him mm-hmm. and his team are like, they're like Nard. Mm-hmm. You know Narwar? Nardwar? The guy, yeah, yeah, the guy mm-hmm. who does, who interviews rappers and art. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, like, pulls, mm-hmm. like, random facts from, like, their childhood mm-hmm. that they don't even remember. Yeah. Like, he's, he does yeah. that to some mm-hmm. extent. Like, he loves, like, digging deep. <laughs> it's my favorite fucking <laughs> Oh, my God. It was so good. They're like, he, they pulled up, like, the youth team he played for from, like, seven to nine. They, like, dug that out of, yeah. like, they had to, like, probably call the place and send somebody down mm. there to figure out who yeah. it was. And, like, didn't you play on the same team as David Beckham when you were seven years old? He's like, oh, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I did. And he's like, how, how was that? Is it honorable to play it? And he's like, yeah, no, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very honorable to play with, on the team with David Beckham. And, obviously, he's like, talks, like, he talks like he has a mouthful of chicken, but then yeah. he actually had a mouthful of chicken. So, like, <laughs> it's like that much yeah. worse. That interview was so fucking funny. And, like, mm-hmm. all these questions where they were trying to, like... Also, it's for an American audience, so you're uh, kind of, like, wrap, trying to wrap the American brain around soccer a little yeah. bit. It was just, like, this giant, like, concoction of, like, good interviewer trying to get the most out of mm. a very dry person and also trying to... I was to surprised he came up soccer. with 10 good questions. Before I watched the video, I'm like... I can only think of, like, maybe, like, four <laughs> things to ask Harry Kane. <laughs> <Harry. laughs> yeah. Baz Premier League victim yeah. like it's one nothing. Yeah, it's been nowhere. Like he hasn't been. He hasn't like played in Italy or something. Yeah. Like he's played in like North London for his mm-hmm. entire career. He's lived in North London for his whole yeah. life. 
probably left the country three times uh-huh. ever. Fucking, like, what are you going to ask Gary Kane? Like, I feel bad for Gary uh-huh. I do. And they're probably never going back to soccer ever again, because that was yeah. the driest episode ever. No, I've been, here's the thing, I've been waiting so long for them to bring a soccer player on. I figured it'd be, like, Pulisic or an American or, like, yeah. something like that. But I saw Harry Kane on there, like, Really? Yeah. That, I don't know. That's I, the one we're going for? It kind of makes sense. Like, he speaks good English. You're not going to bring in Ronaldo, who, like, mm. is going to just, like, you know, broken English as well. I think yeah. every, English has been the first language. You say bring in Ronaldo, like, oh, yeah, like, we got, like, just so we can bring in Ronaldo. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> calls. Uh, yeah, Messi, maybe. I don't know. Messi, yeah. Man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just bring in the guy with the most Instagram followers on the planet. Yeah. yeah just bring him up. Just call him up. Yeah, I know, Summer. I don't know. They got fucking. They got everyone on that show. You could probably find out. Well, anyway. Yeah, this is doom and gloom for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, it is. It is just an absolutely huge summer for Tottenham Hotspur and Kane. And I've thought so much about this whole Kane situation coming into this podcast. And I've come to the conclusion that it would be better for Spurs to sell Kane right now. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. One is that when you replace Kane, you're going to have to replace him as a 9 and a 10. Yeah. Because ever since... Well, they Deli- did, kind of. Yeah, since Deli Alli's demise, yeah. Kane has played the 9 to 10. And that's my point, is that they've already replaced him as a 10 with yeah. James Madison. That is a fantastic signing. Yeah. I know a lot of their signings haven't worked out. You know, Basuma was a similar type of signing, mm-hmm. just in terms of the fact that he came from a non-Big Six club, mm-hmm. but it was just so consistent, so good. Everyone mm-hmm. figured, you know, mm-hmm. he'd be great, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen with Madison. Madison mm-hmm. is just such a quality player. He slots right into that team where they need him. So I think he's got to be great. So they've already placed him in the sense of, you know, being a 10. Number two is that, like you mentioned before, like, if Kane stays this summer, the pressure on this upcoming season to get him to stay is just going to be so massive. Like, it's already kind of, you could kind of see that Kane is at the very least willing to leave. Like, mm-hmm. that's on his mind. Yeah. Like, oh, if it falls the right I mean, way, let's like, be honest. yeah. It has been yeah. for years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's- like, Kane is open to the idea of leaving. That's yeah. all you need because in. Postacoglu's first season for this Tottenham team that's on the decline in yeah. rebuild, like the amount of success he'd have to achieve in that first season in order to convince yeah. Kane to stay at this point would just be so unrealistic. Yeah. And to put that kind of pressure on the season would be crazy. Third reason is that you, you can get 80 mil for him yeah. right now. And that is money you can't use towards yeah. the rebuild. And also, if you wait till the end of next season, it's not just going to be Bayern coming for him. Uh-huh. It's going to be potential in-league yeah. rivals. You yeah. know, United didn't go for Kane because he's going to yeah. be expensive and to poach him off of, you know, a big six rivals is just going to be so difficult. Mm-hmm. If he's free next summer and they haven't already signed their big-name striker yet, then, yeah, you could see Kane going to United yeah. or I never thought about that, yeah. somebody else. Like, yeah. now is your chance yeah. to, you know, make sure he yeah. is out of sight. Away, yeah. yeah. Um, now, listen... You have Richarlison, had did not have a good, you know, yeah. first season at Spurs, but he's Premier League proven. He's yeah. proven that as a starter in the Premier League, he can score goals. He's proven that as a starter for Brazil, when he's the main man, yeah. he can, you know, be that player that mm-hmm. they paid a lot of money for. 
So they have. Listen, you're not gonna. Kane's one of the best strikers in the world. Yeah. You're not gonna be able to replace Kane exactly. with another yeah. one of the best strikers in the world. But you already bought Richarlison. Mm. Like you weren't Richarl- starting Richarlison before. What did you sign a sixty million yeah. pound striker for if it wasn't to be an eventual Kane replacement? Yeah. They kind of already were mm-hmm. seeing this on the cards. Mm-hmm. So I think with all that in mind, and you compare that to holding on to Kane, like again, this is a rebuild year. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to waste one of the best strikers final years for you mm-hmm. in this rebuild where you're probably not going to achieve mm-hmm. that much. Mm-hmm. You might as well get the 80 mil out of him and mm-hmm. start the rebuild now. Yeah. So I think that's my case for Kane leaving because that money could be spent where Spurs desperately need it, like along mm-hmm. the back line or another defensive mid. So I think it is in Spurs best interest to sell Kane now because it's unrealistic to think that Spurs could have a successful enough season to convince Kane to stay. Yeah. Yeah. That's very... Like, I didn't really think about the, like, now's your chance to guarantee he goes far and away. Mm -hmm. Because next season, if, you know, Hoytland doesn't work out or whoever the fuck lands at United, um... They could open up the checkbook for Kane easily. Yeah. And to walk into a role where he's challenging for the title and keeping his goal scoring record. That sounds like an A plus deal to me. Yeah. Um certainly I don't, I mean he's been at a club, so maybe loyalty's an issue, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna find out. It's obviously already one of the biggest windows of the in the history of Tottenham Hotspur. Um and I can almost guarantee you that Steve Daniel Levy is going to go. make a wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> and with that almost slip up, is just about all there is to say about Tottenham Hotspur. T- difficult times at Spurs. I mean, you, th- you thought with the new stadium that they were kind of turning the corner a little bit. This huge stadium, state-of-the-art, you know, the ambition would change towards trophies. They've gotten a bit unlucky with their transfer signings, whether you want to call that unluckiness mm-hmm. or for scouting, you choose. But it's not impossible for them to turn this around, but it's going to need some intricate maneuvers, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But with that, we will sign off for the entire uh, mini podcast series, seven up, seven down. I think it went well. I think yeah. I like the way it went. I think I would easily do this again next summer because I think I don't know, we might even not be doing a Spurs one next summer, who knows, but, um, yeah. Uh, well, let's not do that, because the last time somebody said uh team was getting replaced in the big yeah. picks, they said it was, it was Leicester. <laughs> yeah. And now Leicester in the championship, yeah, so. Uh, well, Leicester weren't exactly backed by the private investment fund, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that, we will sign off. Adios. See ya.